Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, howdy, buckaroos. Beautiful Sunday morning out there. You know, before we were looking at the sunrise coming with, through the mountains with the colors, and now the beautiful part of Sunny Slope is the shadows cast from one hill to the other. A uh, beautiful day and uh, phenomenal weather. You know, it's nice to have normal. Normal here is pretty darn good. Uh, welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We are a listener participation type program. That's right, folks. We need you. We need you to call. We'll talk about whatever you want to grow, water, fertilize, or kill. How to do some things for Earth Day is kind of yesterday, but, you know, it's our first day on Earth Day, so... What the heck? It's the, it's the last Earth Day here for all of us for the rest of our lives. And if we work together, we could certainly help things out. Anyway, a beautiful Sunday morning and uh, wide open phones. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, how to water, how to maximize your SRP delivered water right now. There's an opportunity for you to help the valley out. And use more water. Yeah, this is kind of funny, but uh, using more water can save more water for us here in the future. And clean up some of your salts, too. Anyway, whatever your dreams for that perfect garden or to help you with your perfect nightmare, give us a call at 602-277-5827. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music, and she's smiling and very spunky and spry this morning. So she's looking forward to your calls. And we have Troy Barrett in the back on the news. So whatever your dreams or passions, uh, just call us and you can change the direction. We can talk about, you know, beautiful desert plants. We can talk about tropical things, growing food. Growing fruit of all sorts. Um, a lot of things to do here. Wonderful state to get out and explore with all of our different climate zones. And uh, a nice year we've had with our rainfall and especially with our snowfall. All really good things. But anyway, whatever your dreams, if you're growing something different at home, you have a different style, a different idea, we'd love to hear from you. You know, we had a very limited palette here 10,000 years ago. Not that we weren't pretty biologically diverse, but you know, when you go and build upon that, we can certainly grow a lot of different things here and enjoy each other's company and the fun foods and things to grow we bring. Take our first caller this morning, Phil and Levine. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Brian. I took your advice and called in early, and yeah, that is really nice because I got right through. So happy, beautiful morning to you. I've got a garden. And we planted it, and it's coming up pretty well. We've got corn and tomatoes and squash and carrots and green beans. and But I didn't fertilize it. I just cultivated it, planted it, and been irrigating it. And we're going to get irrigation today, some of that nice irrigation water. I was going to – I'm thinking I should fertilize it. And should I do that before I water or while I water or after I water? And what should I put on it? Well, now, Phil, does your garden get flood irrigation or do you just get some water from the... Yes. Okay. It gets flood, SRP, 
freshwater irrigation. Okay, so what you'd want to do is you'd want to fertilize it before you before you irrigate, and that's going to take all the fertilizer right down in the soil. Um, you know, and, and later in the season like this, uh, you know, we can use some organics, but they're going to work slower. So if you really want things to jump, probably just a basic fertilizer like a 10-10-10. And if you buy one that's balanced, one that has magnesium, zinc, manganese, iron, all those good things in it, you'll get a lot more out of it. But if you would fertilize just ahead of the irrigation, that would be fantastic. And the irrigation will push it right down in the soil. And with 90-degree weather, all those varieties should just jump. So the only thing I was wondering about is if I get it in some kind of a granular form and then use my whirlybird thing to put it down, mm-hmm. I'm worried about the water moving it around. Um, well, no, here's what I would do is I would take and hose it on. You know, so hose it till it breaks down, you know, ahead of the irrigation and let the irrigation take it on down deep or scratch the soil so you, around and loosen it up a little bit and, and then throw it down so it's not going to move. But most all those minerals and things are heavier. It depends on how fast the water rolls over the garden, if it washes it away or not. But if it just kind of subs and comes up and fills the area, it'll stay. Okay. Well, that, yeah, it, it comes in pretty slowly. So, all right. Well, thanks for your advice. And Thank you for putting on the show. It's a great show. Well, Thank thanks you. for being part of it, Phil. Bye-bye. And thanks and congratulations Bye. on being the first caller. It's always the easiest one to get in. <laughs> yes, it is. It was very easy. <laughs> All right. Thanks. thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Brandon and uh, Goodyear. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning. How are you? Oh, excellent, sir. How are you doing? Doing well. Two, two questions real quick. Uh, I built a above-ground garden for the wife. I'm not sure what color her thumb is, but it certainly isn't green. Um, so just looking for, like, two or three main, uh, like, key items uh, in order to start and uh, be successful with having a small garden in the backyard. And secondly, we're approaching summer, so just any any items or feedback on uh, how to how to keep or what plants to grow during the summer for to be successful. Well, Brandon, to give your wife credit, you know, I grew up with a grandfather, you know, farming with a Ford nine N tractor. We had a little vegetable garden, about a half an acre or so, that we did in the ground and flood irrigated. And then my wife convinced me that we had to build these boxes, and you know, I was very hesitant at first. But after building the boxes, I was uh, informed. Let's put it that way. And all of a sudden, it was, it was easier to garden and the gardens did better than I had ever done before in my life. So sometimes we need to be informed. But at any rate, um, if you want to build up the soil better, if you're going to work into a new garden, work in some uh, chicken manure pellets and that's going to build and last in the soil. Helps your biodiversity too. In, inside your garden, Brandon, do you have native soil and potting soil mixed or what do you have for soil in there so uh we put a base of like sticks and grass and yard clippings just for the the very bottom base and then we we have some store-bought uh soil um it, it's it should be a pretty healthy soil base do you have any dirt you know regular soil that you could mix in there like sandy loam soil out of your yard somewhere yeah, I'm sure we could do that. Okay, if you can mix in at least half dirt, it's going to do a lot better. And while all that green okay. waste is all kind of great to compost to put into a garden, what we find is usually it's going to eat the nitrogen. Okay, so it's going to really kind of curtail our plants from growing to a certain degree. So that means just compensate by adding some more chicken manure. Okay, so a pretty heavy dose. Some like more what? I'm sorry? Chicken manure, like the the, the pelletized oh, okay. chicken manure. It, it works really okay. well, and it's got a fair bit 
bit of nitrogen and phosphorus, and that combined with your soil, combined with the other organics, should make a pretty good stew. You know, when we're making stew, we got to add different ingredients, but it is important to have some native soil in there to maintain a summer garden. You'll use less water. As far as fast, fun things to grow this time of year, uh, if you enjoy okra, it goes all summer. You can plant all your melons okay. still right now, so watermelons and cantaloupes and those kind of things. Uh, you can still get those planted and make a really nice crop, and the hotter the weather, the sweeter the melon, so those do really well here in the summertime. If you want to try some tomatoes and peppers, uh, the best tomato for this time of year is going to be Pearson, and you could also mix in some of the fast varieties like Giant Cherries or Sweet 100s, and those are going to make pretty good tomatoes that will make planted this late. And peppers will go and, and last in the garden for up to two or three years. So if you want to plant peppers, you can plant those now, too. And if you like making salsa, you could always throw in a little cilantro. Awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Any shade needed for, uh, for for the garden? Well, certainly not for right now, Brandon. If it's out in the full hot open and you want the tomatoes and pep- the peppers to do better in the heat of the summer, if you could p- provide some afternoon shade for them, they'll last a lot longer. But it just depends. If we have a summer as wonderful as our last stuff, you know, in the last summer, fall, spring so far, yeah. who knows? We might have the best gardening year ever. And, you know, unless we have real extreme heat, you know, we can get through a lot of the summer with them. Uh, the one thing you'll probably end up losing by the end of, uh, oh, probably by mid-July would be the tomatoes, but the rest of them should make it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Brandon. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Shad and Tempe. Good morning, Shad. Morning, Brian. Hey, so I have scalped my front yard because I did the overseed with the winter rye. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a mix of mid-iron and St. Augustine, okay. of all things. Uh-huh. Um, what do I do now? Uh, fertilize, yeah, fertilize right now. Get the grass to Just grow regular up. 21 7 14 lawn fertilizers. Excellent. Uh, fertilize okay. right now. Water deep. Okay. So when you water, you know, measure with a watering device, like a, you know, a real expensive thing, like a tuna fish can, and put it out yep. there on the ground and run your sprinklers long enough to get an inch of water. Okay. And the yep. faster you apply the water, the better. Uh, not not letting it, allowing it to run off, and then take a screwdriver and stick it in the ground, and don't water again until it's it's dry. And you want to, uh, you know, water real heavy right after you put down your fertilizer. That's going to push it down in the soil. And then stand back. You know, we've got ninety degree weather now, and Bermuda grass loves it. And I had a bunch of carrot weed that grew up in the yard. I scalped a lot of it down. Well, that just get choked out at this point by well a, a real healthy growth. lawn will choke it out it just depends on if it's part shaded and different things and, and you could always come back and spot spray it a little bit but I, I don't think you'll have to I think you know just a sounds like you have a, just a regular do you have flood irrigation no. Okay. Just your, uh, well, having that combination between St. Augustine and Bermuda grass sounds like flood irrigation to me. But at any rate, um, no, it, it should cha- it should choke it out and take over. But, you know, both those Bermuda grass and St. Augustine will virtually choke out everything in the summertime. Okay, and then if the spurge is starting to come up, do I do another treatment of like the granular? Yeah, um, if you see spurge, to to keep it yeah, you could, you could do it right away, and it's not going to harm the lawn at all. Be be good for the lawn. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Hey, thank you. Thanks, Chad. Bye-bye. 
Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Joe in North Phoenix. But first, we have to take a brief commercial message. We'll be right back in the, with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have four lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Brian Shearer and Troy here with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. little Joni Mitchell tune, and it kind of just encourages us to maybe uh, preserve some of these beautiful things we have here in our state. Anyway, we'll get right back to the phones. Next up, we have Joe in North Phoenix. Hi, Joe. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Oh, beautiful, beautiful morning, Joe. It's it's, it's fun to be here in Sunny Slope at this studio where I can look out to the mountain I used to climb every day. I know the feeling. Hey, I've got a watering question, sir. I've got a uh, 20-year-old house in the Cave Creek area. I'm sorry, the Deer Valley Airport area, um, Cave Creek Road and Pinnacle Peak area. And unfortunately, it was built with a single drip irrigation line for both the front and the backyard. No grass anywhere. Uh, goes from the uh, water meter all the way around the front yard into the back. About five huge bougainvillea uh, plants. And then uh, my big question is, the backyard has three uh, good-sized queen palms, which are doing fair, and then uh, a, grapefruit, a dwarf grapefruit tree and a uh, Meyer lemon. Um, what should I, I'm going to guess you're going to tell me that I need to put additional water on the grapefruit tree and uh, additional water on the lemon tree. Uh, should I have to do the same to the queen palm? Because I'm guessing the drip irrigation's not going to provide enough. Joe, you know what? It, it, it sounds fine to me, and I, I want to save you some work, okay? So uh, there's no reason you can't just live with one line. The Bogan Vias don't care. Okay, they don't. If they're 20 years old, they barely need water at all. And so you're going to be watering, you know, just to be efficient. And the citrus trees and the queen palms, they're all about the same for the summer. So okay. as it gets hot, you know, is your ground pretty rocky where you're at, Joe, or not? Yeah, reasonably so. Yes, sir. Okay. So right there, you probably want to run the water once a week. 
Okay, you want to put enough water to go down, you know, about two to three feet deep on all those plants, uh, except for the bougainvillea. You can just cut that back to a little one or two gallon emitter and let them okay. have just a little trickle, and they'll stay really happy with that. But uh, now, yeah, when you say one or two times a week, no, um, one time a week. Talking, talking thirty minutes or no, no, no. It's going to be you're going to have to calibrate your irrigation system. Okay, so okay. what you need to do is go out and check and see what emitter sizes you have, and if you can't tell, just put them in a quart jar. And run them long enough until you get a quart of water, and then you can come back from there and figure out how much you need. 20-year-old citrus trees, when you're watering them weekly like that, you're going to probably want to put on about 100 gallons of water with that rocky soil. Okay. Okay. And that should be the same for the queen palm. So, I mean, they'll all work at about 100 gallons of water, except for the bougainvillea just don't need it, so why waste it? And cut that down to a a small emitter where you're putting on like five gallons, and that's more than any adequate for a bougainvillea. Sure. Okay. Well, that's what I needed to know. Thank you, sir. And that shouldn't be so much work. And you can, cal- you know, calibrate it and check your own time, and you'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, Thank Joe. you. Bye bye. Uh, Dennis and Glendale. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. I have a. I'm trying to find some Grow More Palm fertilizer in a liquid in a gallon size. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, having, I'm having difficulty. I called down to 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 your place, and they said they were out of it. And I'm going, oh, and then I called again from earlier in the week, and I go, is, is, it, is it just a shipping thing? Or well, you know what? I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> when it comes to that specific, um, I, I'm not exactly sure what the the deal is. But um, I'll tell you, what, if you if you'll um, send me a note to the website. Well, okay. I'll, I'll just I'll just get a note from you right here because I'm not okay. familiar with Growmore brand palm fertilizer. Growmore brand fertilizer products, yes, but specifically a liquid palm, I'm not familiar with. Oh, it works so well because I put it around the well and then put the hose on it to slow overnight, and it does great for the palms. Well, you know, we they do make some very good products, and we use some Grow More products, you know, in our production. So let me find out for you. If you'll call the nursery midweek, I will okay. know. All right, we'll do. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. Thank Bye-bye. you, Brian. Uh, Miles and Scottsdale. Good morning, Miles. Yes, good morning, Brian. Just a couple quick questions. Uh, your team got a red push pistachio in the front yard about three day, three years ago. It's doing great. Just a beautiful tree. I'm wondering, can I put one about eight feet away from my pool in the back? Is that too close? Well, it would absolutely be the cleanest tree you could put by your pool. Um, do you want the canopy to grow up over the pool? You want a shade part of the pool? That would be great, yeah. Well, if, yeah, if that's your intention, I, I would recommend it. Uh, it's not going to harm the pool at all. What's nice about Red Push, they're a deep-rooted tree, and they're fairly low water, and they're very clean. You know, So, so cleanliness uh, by a pool, if you want a shade tree to shade part of the pool, I think it's a great choice. And it won't bother the deck or anything. If it's watered properly, it won't bother the No. Deck. And, you know, and then the, the key is there. Um, where do you live in Scottsdale, Miles? Uh, 68th and McDowell. Six, okay, you've got better soil. Some of the soil in Scottsdale is real heavy clay, like at McCormick Ranch. And then, so there you have to be careful not to get a lot of water underneath your decking. And then sometimes the soil expands even and raises the decking up. But, you know, okay, in, in okay. your neighborhood, I wouldn't be concerned at all. And, you know, watering correctly on a red push pistache is never over once a week. And established when this time of year is once every two weeks. So, and you want to water long and deep, and that'll be fine. And you won't have any issues with the decking and um it, you know as far as a cleanly a clean tree that close to a pool if you don't mind the canopy getting bigger it's great 
Oh, wow, that sounds great. One other quick, quick question. Along quite a while ago, I heard you say that you could actually put your pool water, instead of backwashing it down the sewer, you can uh, put it on the yard. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, it's going to have right? it's gonna have a little more salts, you know, so it depends on what you're trying to put it on. But it's not going to hurt a pistachio. It's not going to hurt a brunette grass lawn. So there's no reason not to use it. It gets, you know, the pH because the salts build up in the pool. That's why we're adding acid and all those things to it all the time. You know, it, it gets a little high in sodium, but it's not going to hurt anything. And, uh, you know, when you backwash, just I would just move it around and get the big hose. You know, you could use it to water your pistachio. So it won't hurt the Bermuda then? No, it's not going to hurt Bermuda grass either at all. Oh, great. Well, you just saved me a lot of work. I've been pulling the hose around 50 feet around the house. <laughs> well, you know, why give it back to the city when you already paid for it, right? So you might as well <laughs> use that water again. And uh, utilizing it on hardier plants is no problem. Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. Thanks, Miles. Yeah, ma- yeah make sure just with your hose you move it around a bit and you'll be fine. Okay, thanks, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Lori in Phoenix. Good morning, Lori. Hi, good morning. How are you? Oh, having a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question. I have some pine trees. They're about 25 to 30 years old and want to know if this is the time of year to trim the green back or just do the dead in the trees. You're running a little late, Lori. You're better off to do pruning in pine trees when they're dormant. That would be more December, January. This is the time Mm. of year when they grow a lot, and if you prune it much, you're going to have sap dripping all over. Okay, how about the dead branches? Just leave them? You can just leave them. They've probably been dead for a year or two, right? Yeah, probably. Yes. Are they they bothering you? No, okay. <laughs> they're just unsightly. <laughs> well, you know, if you cut them and just cut the dead wood to the dead wood, if you don't cut them back off into live wood, they're fine. If you prune them back into live wood, you're going to bleed a lot of sap all over. Okay. Okay. And another question, what is the best fertilizer to use on them this time of year? Well, pines really like organic nitrogen, and the best of that is blood meal, believe it or not. But you can use oh. just a good, you know, citrus fertilizer like the OrganoPro citrus food, and that will be fine. They like a little extra iron and uh, and nitrogen, you know, so that's what they need. Okay. And my last question is watering. Mm-hmm. I've been watering them three times a week. Is that too much? It's too frequently. Yeah. So on a big pine tree like that, they're really quite drought tolerant. And uh, ideally, you'd water them once every couple weeks and try to get the water down to a depth of two to three feet or more. Okay, great. Okay, thank you for answering my questions. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Happy Sunday, Lori. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Marvin and Sun Lakes. But after Marvin, we've got four open lines. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Marvin. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Um, I've got a tomato question. It's in a, about a gallon, gallon and a half pot. Uh, that I bought that way. I didn't transplant it. Mm-hmm. It gets it gets sun from sun up to about eleven eleven thirty now, and about a third of the leaves are brown on the edges. 
Well, Marvin, I would transplant it to a larger container, a minimum of a five-gallon size, which is like 11 inches by, you know, a foot or so, uh, or even a little no. bit larger. But if you'll transplant it, transplant it, plant it back a little deeper than it is in the current container, and just use like uh-huh. a regular potting soil, uh, it'll be very happy. And then how have you been feeding it? Uh, miracle grow maybe every fourth day. That's and I water it daily. Might be too often on the miracle grow, okay? Okay. Because that's that might be causing some of your burn problems on it. So I would back off the fertilizer, put it in a bigger pot, and then once you put it in a bigger pot, you can water a lot less often, and uh, it'll probably be quite happy. Okay, I'll give it a try, and I thank you. Thank you, Marvin. Have a happy Sunday. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like Mr. Barrett, Mr. Troy Barrett, yes, he wandered into the studio here. He's going to get us informed and bring us up to speed. In the meantime, we have some lines open, and you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. It's Brian, Shira, and Troy with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Welcome back, folks. Beautiful Sunday morning. We do have three lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it, uh, whatever your dreams are. But I wanted to, you know, just add a little tidbit for you. Right now, the river's still running. It's slowing down. But if you want to conserve water here in the valley, and if you want to flush the salts out of your ground, and if you have the ability to order Salt River Project irrigation, double up the irrigations. Go from the once every two weeks or once a month to once a week. The more water you put on right now, uh, the deeper you push your salts, the healthier your lawn's going to be, and the more chance we have of recharge here for our own groundwater table in the valley, and the less water you're going to need for your plants as it warms up. So if you can get that extra SRP irrigation, if you order yourself, uh, it's pretty easy. Just put extra order in. And if you could talk your irrigator into re-irrigating your subdivision a little sooner, uh, it's going to help you, your neighbors and all of us here in the valley by recharging some of that water that's going down the river. Now, not that we don't appreciate the water when it gets down to where our farms are down by Gila Bend. But on the other hand, you know, if you can utilize it and put it in the ground here in the valley, it's a wonderful thing. It's not going to last very long. And the other thing is it doesn't count against your 
SRP water amount you can use this year. So you're not going to get charged for it and be late short on water at the end of the season because when the water's running down the river, it's delivered from a Salt River Project for free. So if you have Salt River Project irrigation, you can use up some of this river water before it goes away. Take advantage of the Verde and put it in your own yard. Next up, we have Paul in Phoenix. Hello, Paul. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Great, Paul. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm a, I'm a new listener. I live in South Phoenix, basically Third Street and and Rozier. My house faces uh, due east, and um, I want to put like a shade tree in the front yard. I'm not sure what what type what would be the best type and um, what when well, I put Paul, it. Well, you can plant a lot of trees right now. Most trees, it's a really good time of year to plant. Um, do you have lawn or you have rock or what do you have in your front yard? I have lawn right okay. now. It it it's not much of a lawn, but there's it's there. Okay. Well, if you, if you want a big, yeah. nice shade tree, you know, uh-huh. I, I would look at a few different things. Um, the ash guys, like Fantex and Fan West Ash, those are very good trees. It'll be clean. They'll turn yellow in January, drop their leaves. You'll get the sun from January through March, and the rest of the year they'll give you great shade. A red push pistachio is very similar that way. And okay. uh, live oaks, if you want something evergreen that looks green all the time, they'll make an excellent tree in you know, that same kind of an area. And um, so all those would work really well. If you want to go desert-wise or even more drought-tolerant, you could plant a fruitless olive or you could plant uh, like an American mesquite, which is a really nice, pretty mesquite tree. And uh, oh, none of these trees are going to require a lot of pruning. They're all going to be st- st- you know, sturdy in the wind and will really help you. All right, sweet. Which one would be like the cleanest as far as not leaving too much the uh, cleanest, debris like in the fall? Absolutely clean. Well, the, the nice part about the ones that shed in the fall is you, you clean it all up one week. Okay, so with the ash okay. or the pistachios, they're truthfully the cleanest because, because throughout the year, there's really no shedding. The live oak, it'll drop most of its what it's going to drop in March. It will stay evergreen, and it changes leaves out for about a month and about in March. So all those are going to be really easy and uh, a lot different than the trees that are flowering that, you know, are going to have more litter. So the worst would be the mesquite, you know, because it's going to shed flowers and it's going to shed uh, seed pods, too. So. Um, the ash, okay. you know, the ash pistachio would be really good choices. Thank you for the tidbit on the irrigating. I actually have uh, access to that, so I'm, I'm probably going to sign up for that because I haven't been doing that. Well, you have to, Paul. I'll tell you what: that flood irrigation is is amazing. You know, and and down where we are in South Phoenix, I mean, it, it's been irrigated there for you know really thousands of years. But you know, currently now it's it's an older part of the valley, and that flood irrigation there makes a huge difference. And if you're not you know, if you haven't been signing up for it, definitely sign up for it now. And if you could encourage your neighbors to irrigate an extra time right now, and especially for ground that hasn't been irrigated, it'll make a huge mm-hmm. difference. If you could change and do a couple irrigations here over the next couple of weeks before they, the water quits running in the river, um, you know, it's, it's free water, no cost, and uh, it really helps your soil. All right. I'm definitely going to do that. And what would be a good time for me to, because basically my grass it's mostly weeds now. Uh-huh. Well, well so, I'll tell you what, with your grass that are weeds right now, if you'll come through uh-huh. and flood irrigate it, okay, uh-huh. and then fertilize it and then flood irrigate it again, 
it, the grass will come to life and take over the weeds like you can't imagine. I used to live where the school is on 28th Street, and I was new to growing my own lawn. And uh, it was weeds. It was a mess. And there was an older gal we bought the house from, Mrs. Dobson, and my father. You know, both told me, hey, just, just irrigate and mow it. And don't worry about it. And uh, okay. you know, they were absolutely right. And, uh, yeah, come down and see us at the nursery. We're right down the street on 26th Street and Southern. Yeah, I know where you're at. So, okay, thank you so much. What was your name again? I'm sorry. I, I'm Brian Paul. Brian, I appreciate you, Brian. You have a good day. God you bless too. you. Bye-bye. Bye. bye uh, Neil and Sun Lakes, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking the call. Um, <clears throat> I have a, a tipu that's been in the ground at least 15 years. It's a tall tree. It's two stories. Um, and it usually leaves, it uses its, loses its leaves uh, in the spring. And then they pop back out. Uh, the leaves are gone, but I haven't seen any popping yet. And I just wondered if uh, I'm doing something wrong. It gets watered about every two weeks for three hours with just drippers all around. And uh, I fertilized it, and I just don't see any new growth coming out. You know, the weather has just been too nice, okay? But now it's 90. Now it'll leaf out. But it uh, we've never had weather this cool and this nice in my lifetime that I can recall in the springtime. And it's just, uh, it's kind of sleeping. But with this warm weather, it's going to wake up. So not to worry. You give it another week or so, it'll bud right out. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks, Neil. Thanks a lot. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Trey and Gilbert. Hello, Trey. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Excellent, sir. Thank you for asking. Hey, I've got um, two hibiscus plants that I put in my yard. And they're both relatively new. Mm-hmm. One wasn't doing too well, so I I just kind of yanked it out of the ground and I put it in a pot. I didn't think anything was going to happen with it, and actually started growing again. The other one I just replaced with. I mean, I just replaced that hole with another hibiscus. Um, they're probably two years old, but I haven't been able to get them to flower. And I've seen conflicting reports on how much water you should and how much water you shouldn't, and. Um, you know, I'm getting yellow leaves, and, and I water too much, and I still get non-flowering. <laughs> Trey, Trey, or, where, where do you live in Gilbert? I mean, um, Lindsay and Ray. Okay. And and uh, as far as sunlight, how much sunlight are they getting? Um, afternoon. Let's so say it's probably gets late morning or mid-morning through um, afternoon. So four or five arrows a day, full direct sun? It's probably getting more, more like eight. Okay, so that's perfect. So that that should be no problem at all. Um, so let's let's kind of ignore them a little bit now. With the, with the soil we have in Gilbert, it's a lot heavier clay, so we don't have to water as often. You know, once a week would be kind of the maximum as far as water goes. Any more than that would be more than they require and could be detrimental. Could even kill them. So if you've done that, have you fertilized this spring at all? Uh. Uh-huh. Okay, so give them a little shot of fertilizer. Um, product called Super Bloom works really well on those. And uh, the weather is perfect now. You know, they they've, should have been lingering this year. and They really have to be above 80 to be happy. And it's going to be above 80 for the next, you know, six months. So <laughs> not to worry. They should get happy right now. So fertilize them, water them weekly, and then they'll come right out. Well, once a week, how much water? Well, you want to give them, on young plants like that, probably about three to five gallons. Just once, once, once a week. per week. Uh-huh. Because they want to get dry, and our clay soil doesn't dry out. It, it holds a lot of moisture. Right. 
Is the yellowing of the leaves causing it? Is it saying that it's got too much water? Or is it no, it yellowing of the leaves water? on the interior this time of year is natural because this is when they shed the foliage. If the exterior of the plant is green and the interior is turning yellow and dropping leaves, that's just a natural annual shed. It's like we shed hair, they shed leaves. Right. Uh, that's it. So, And then once once it starts to get really hot, will, it, will it, the watering well, change? No. Once a week's fine in Gilbert. You know, we've, we've got heavy clay. <laughs> it's not going to, yeah. it's not going to, the water, they're not going to need any more water. Um, that, then the five gallons for young plants like that would be plenty. Okay. So, so silver bloom and then the three, five gallons a week. Yep. Okay. And All then right. um, I have a plumeria druma. Uh-huh. And um, I've seen, it's just in a pot, you know, it's only about three feet tall. You know, last year about this time it was starting to, to, to bloom out, um, the leaves were starting to come out and I've seen a, a neighbor down the street. He has the same thing and his are starting. His leaves are about, you know, probably four or five inches long. Mine having, hasn't even done that yet. Well, it's been cool. You know, this is it's just like unusual weather. It's asleep, right? It's just asleep, but they're going to wake up. It's 90 degrees now. So everything's going to change, yeah. you know, and it's not really hot, but you know, the plumerias are super drought tolerant and love our heat. Uh, we'll grow in full sun. You know, you can give them a lot of sun. And uh, so if they've got plenty of sun and uh, the heat's coming, they're going to pop out. And what's the recommended water usage for those? Uh, in a container, probably twice a week, unless it's a real large container, there will be less. And how much? Well, it depends on the size container and the size of the plant. You know, you want to, when you water a containerized plant, you want to put enough water for it to come out through the bottom. You know the plant, so right, right. And if in, in a, an average potting soil twice a week in the summertime is great for those guys. They're really pretty drought tolerant. Yeah, they they are, and they smell good too. They oh, they're, they're wonderful plants. Okay, Trey, thanks for All the right, call. So have. have a happy Sunday. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Rod and Barb, and then you can be after Barb. All you got to do is give us a call at 602-277-5827-277. KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Folks, a beautiful morning out there. Want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, it's a great time to plant trees. And at Whitfields, we'll do the digging. We grow all kinds. We specialize in citrus, grown right here in the valley. Um, we have really nice 15-gallon trees, many of them with fruit. Now, the fruits for this season are starting to ripen and go away. 
But uh, there is a young crop on most of these trees. We can deliver plant and guarantee. We grow all kinds of desert trees. Uh, we go like, like mesquites and ironwoods and tipus. And if you want uh, something, you know, a little more unique, we've got beautiful orchid trees. Tababuyas, which have a beautiful flower. It's like a flowering ash. Whatever your dreams are, whether it be a Swan Hill olive or American mesquite, or you want to plant a bunch of palm trees, we grow all kinds of palms right here in the desert, some just thriving desert-loving palms, things like Bismarckias and the Mexican blues, and we have date palms, Mexican fans, California fans. If you name it, it's a palm tree, we probably grow it. Lots of sagos, lots of pygmies. We've got big pygmies like jumbo shrimp. Anyway, whatever your dream is for that perfect landscape, uh, if you need some roses for mom for Mother's Day, come on out. we got some beautiful roses right now, too. You can have them installed in her garden for Mother's Day and, and be the kind child. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern, Southern Avenue, straight south to Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfill Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Okay, back to the phones. Uh, we've got Rod, Barb, and Fred. If you'd like to be after Fred, all you got to do is give uh, Shira a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Rod. And a good morning, Brian. Once again, a wonderful show. Always enjoy listening to it. So I've called you a couple times. I have backyard chickens, and my weeds in my backyard are now taller than the grass. Could possibly ever grow. Uh, my question is, is there a, is there a is there uh, some type of weed killer that won't harm my chickens that are running around the backyard? Well, you just don't, you're just short. You're, you're just short on hens, Rod. <laughs> yes, if you had more more chickens, you could you know you could move them from section to section and just have a cage, and they yeah. could be your portable lawnmowers. You know, and they're, they're you know yeah. chickens are amazing. They I eat everything. Yeah, I acquired four hens, but they're about the size of a two-inch ruler right now. So <laughs> they won't be ready for a couple of weeks. So. You know, I, I but, would uh, I wouldn't worry too much, right? I would just mow and not worry about the weeds. Most of the weeds are going to die out now with the heat anyway. So the Bermuda grass okay. will, will take over and it'll kind of conquer the weeds. But, you know, with with the wonderful fertilizer program you have going on back there, you know, the grass will grow like crazy, too. So, you know, no yeah. no real reason to do much other than just to mow. And, and when the summer comes, it gets warmer, you know, the, the grass will take over. Okay. That's right. I, you know, your previous caller mentioned that, you know, water the grass gave that's my answer, but I still wanted to get verification. So. Well, no, no problem at all. You know, and chick and chickens are great. You know, at picking out the weeds ahead of the grass. I mean, they'd much rather eat. You know, especially the oxalis and stuff. Chickens really like it. So, yeah, they they pick it, some of them. They already they already look at, but there's others that go after. Oh yeah, they so. have their favorites. Well, I mean, would, would you want to eat prime rib or would you want to eat, you know, a hamburger? Come on. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Brian. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, Barb in Sun City. Good morning, Barb. Good morning. Uh, I live in an apartment and on third floor, and there is a queen palm outside of my uh, door. Mm-hmm. And the, we are very concerned because we've lost some palms the last few years. And uh, this one, the leaves, uh, the, pal- the 
you know what I mean. Uh, Franz. The, the new, let's call him Franz. Uh, the new Franz. Yeah. The word I'm trying to find. We do know what uh, you mean. <laughs> are coming. Uh, uh, the ones that have come out are very yellow, yellowish. Okay. Now, uh, I know many times when they first come out, they're, you know, a lighter green. But we're concerned a bit just because we've lost some. Okay, so here's what uh, we should do with it, Barb. We should fertilize yeah. it right now. Great time to feed, okay? And then uh-huh. ideally we'd treat it with a fungicide. And uh, what you can use is a combination of Monterey disease control, okay, which is a bacteria that eats uh-huh. fungus, uh, and probably a little bit of copper sulfate. Okay. okay. And if you would, uh, if you could put it down the crown, if it's out your third story window and you got like a PVC pipe and you could put it down the crown, um, that would be fantastic for it because it goes right inside the crown. And that's where the fungus usually is, is up in the crown. But the, okay. the, uh, we have lawn service, but they don't seem to do things. So we don't want to lose any more. Well, so if if you have, you're losing queen palms. Now we had pretty darn good weather and they're a lot happier. So fertilizing them this time of year is going to go a long ways too. So fertilize them. Okay. And then treat them. And what you want to do is pick up a a manganese steak. Okay. Uh, What? Manganese, you know, like manganese, the element, Um, a manganese Mm -hmm. steak. Okay. You put some of those manganese steaks in the ground around the base of the trees. Okay. That gives them extra manganese, which they really enjoy. And then you use a a balanced Mm -hmm. fertilizer and and feed them all something that's good, iron and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, in the meantime, though, if, if the tops are looking weak and you're having problems, treat them with Monterey disease control uh, in the soil. And if you can get it into the crown on the top too, and also copper sulfate. Okay. And you can use the two together. Okay. I will do what I can. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Barb. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Fred in Phoenix. Hello, Fred. Uh, Good morning, Brian. Hey, I got a question. I live in central Phoenix, um, and we're in the process of uh, removing oleanders from the backyard in the alley. Uh, they're about 35 years old, and so we're digging it out, and it's it's a mess, of course, uh, to dig that stuff out. But once I get it all done, can you replant uh, a shrubs uh on that same location where those dead oleanders were? Sure. Uh, even the, Okay. No good. problem. No problem Pre- at all. And most of the oleanders uh, have died around town have dried from uh, scorch, which is a virus that uh, yes, yes. specifically affects oleanders. So, if you'd like to replace them with a you know a similar hedge, you could come back and plant sour orange, or you could plant hedge olives, or you could plant myrtles, or you know there's a lot of different things, you, other options to come back with. So I don't have to dig up the soil and put re- a new soil no, in. No, just just remove the you know you got to get the roots off the oleanders so they're not protruding from the ground and out because start to regenerate but no just get get out the roots from the oleanders and you're fine to replant even the dead ones even the dead let's say say some of the dead roots Mm -hmm. uh that they can't get out for some reason uh like in the backyard because i can't get the winds or the 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 truck back there um we're just going to cut it to the base and then just put new fill on top of it well they're going to come back out i mean some of them probably aren't completely dead and you'll probably find okay. some that regenerate if you don't take them all the way out. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and I love the show. Thanks, Fred. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we're going to get Alan in here before the end of the hour. Hi, Alan. Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, I have a neighbor. 
uh, has a has about a fifteen foot or twenty foot uh, saguaro, and it seems to be leaning to a little bit to one side. And I was just curious. He has a two by four in the ground and on his side, you know, on the side of the cactus. And I was wondering if that was really advisable or would it hurt it? Well, when you're planting new saguaros, oftentimes they're braced, but, you know, usually not not commonly bracing other saguaros. But, you know, anything to keep it from falling is probably not a bad, a bad idea. Normally they would be padded, you know, where they touch the cactus. But uh, typically with leaning saguaros, they're going to put out some more arms and come back and balance themselves. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any padding or anything there. It's just, you know, going into the side of the cactus. Uh, you know, I just was wondering about it. Curious. Well, it, you know, if you see it bleeding sap and oozing out, that means it's got too much pressure. If not, it's really not hurting anything at all. Yeah. Okay, then. then. Thanks, Alan. One other thing. Yeah. Oh, Alan, okay, hold on. Right. Okay, I got to let you go. We're out of time. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, in the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. It's Shira, Brian, and Troy with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Sundays from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.